Welcome to worship with the Old Presbyterian Meeting House in Alexandria, Virginia. This virtual worship service is brought to you in a time when we join you in practicing social distancing to curb the pandemic virus. We pray that in the not-too-distant future we will welcome you in person when you visit us in Old Town Alexandria. Today God makes common calls with our human suffering. We, we read, read scripture, sing hymns, feel the feelings of the day Christ died. Suffering is not rational. It has no answer. But in the cross, God meets us in our suffering. From this day forward, we know that there is nowhere we can go where God is not with us. God, into your hands. We, we commend, commend our, our spirits. Please join me in the litany for Good Friday. Jesus was despised and rejected. We, we thought, thought nothing, nothing of him. him. Jesus was oppressed and afflicted. We, we hid, hid our faces, faces from him. Jesus bore our sin and suffering. We denied we, we knew him. him. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, while he, he like, like a lamb, lamb was led to the slaughter. Lamb of God, have mercy on us. Jesus, Jesus Redeemer, Redeemer of the world, grant us peace. Let us pray. Almighty God, on this haunting holy day, we come to the cross, the place of suffering, the place of our salvation. In the face of such pain, in the shadow of such evil, show us the light of your grace and the hope of your mercy. This we pray through Jesus Christ, who reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our scripture lesson for Good Friday comes from the Gospel of John. I'll be reading from chapter 19, verses 16 through 30. Listen for God's word. They took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. And there they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. And then the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but this man said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. And so they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who will get it. And this was to fulfill what the scripture says, 
They divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. And then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. And after this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. And a jar full of sour wine was standing there. And so they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. And when Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The word of God for the people of God. The theology of John's passion narrative differs significantly from that found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. One of those differences has to do with the cross. For John, the cross is not a sign of defeat, but rather a sign of Jesus' glorification and thus his finest hour. This is why in John's gospel, Jesus repeatedly says he must be lifted up so that he can draw all people to himself and so all people can know who he is and have eternal life. And this is why the church insists we call this day Good Friday. Another major difference has to do with the way John presents Jesus. In John's gospel, Jesus is the word who was with God in the beginning and through whom all things came into being. So in John's gospel, Jesus is clearly in charge of his own fate. When the authorities come to arrest him, Jesus walks out to meet them. When a policeman strikes him on the face, Jesus simply says that he has spoken rightly. When standing trial before Pilate, Jesus assumes the role of the prosecutor and puts Pilate in his place, saying, You would have no power over me unless it had been given from above. And as we've all just read and heard in John's Gospel, Jesus carries the cross by himself. And most striking of all, Jesus also seems to be in charge of his death when he says, It is finished. More on that in a moment. John's Jesus is strikingly different from the one portrayed by the other Gospel writers. In John, Jesus is focused on the cross and what it will mean for him and for the world. In John, Jesus clearly gives up his own life as he said he would back in chapter 10. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. To paraphrase the New Testament scholar David Lowe's, the great irony of John's passion narrative is that in Jesus we see God's majesty and might revealed amid the pain and humiliation of crucifixion. And while there is tremendous value in the more human portrayal of Jesus in Mark, or the more compassionate Jesus in Luke, John's depiction reminds us that ultimately, Jesus is Lord. 
Through him, God overcomes all obstacles, including death, in order to redeem and restore the world. So when we feel most vulnerable, most broken, most hopeless, it may be, says Lowe's, that John's picture of Jesus will remind us of the promise that just as Jesus overcame suffering and death, so will we. So will we. I cannot imagine a time when more people felt vulnerable, broken, and hopeless than we do right now. For some three or four months, we've been bombarded with words and images and dire warnings about a new virus spreading all around the world. We listened and watched as other nations and people struggled to fight the virus and reduce the number of deaths. And for weeks now, we have had to deal with this new virus in a more personal way as it spreads across our country. Most of us know someone who has had it. Some of us know someone who has died from it. Being vulnerable, broken, and hopeless is no longer an academic conversation about other people in other places. It's about you and me and the people we know and love. So on this particular Good Friday, I am grateful for John's gospel, a gospel that not only reminds us Jesus is Lord, but that we will also overcome suffering and death. But that is not the only thing worth remembering on this Good Friday. As you surely know, Jesus also said, If we want to follow him, we must take up a cross. According to most scholars, what he meant is this. In order to surrender to God's new way of living and working in the world, we must first let the old ways die. Father James Martin explains it this way. It means learning to accept other deaths before our physical deaths. It means letting go of the old and embracing the new. On this particular Good Friday, I find that to be an equally compelling and meaningful word from the Lord. As I see and understand it, we, like Jesus, have a mission to fulfill, and this could be our finest hour. There are resources to be shared, children to be schooled, food to be delivered, calls to be made, not to mention equipment to be manufactured and delivered so that others, and perhaps we ourselves, can continue to live and thrive. As I see it, taking up a cross can be something as simple as reaching out to someone who is lonely and scared, or as complex as working to find a vaccine to immunize people against this life-threatening coronavirus. My point is this we can still do something Christ-like, even with all the restraints imposed upon us by this awful pandemic. As I alluded to earlier, when Jesus said, it is finished, he was talking about something more than the cessation of his earthly life. He was talking about his God-given mission. The Greek word for finished is teleste from Telio, suggesting that he had reached his goal, accomplished his mission. 
that goal, that mission, was to infuse the world with new possibilities for life. And that, my friends, is what Good Friday is all about. New life for you, for me, and for all people, even now, even now. Dear people of God, God sent Jesus into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, and that all who believe in him might be delivered from the power of sin and death and become heirs with him of eternal life. So now, in a spirit of thankfulness and love, let us join our hearts and minds together to pray for the church and the world, to pray for those who suffer and for our own discipleship. Almighty God, we pray for the Church of Christ throughout the world, for its unity and witness and service, for all church leaders and ministers and the people whom they serve, that God will confirm the church in faith, increase it in love, and preserve it in peace. Hear now the prayers we bring to you in silence. Eternal God, by your Spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified. And so we offer before you our prayers for all members of your Holy Church, that in our vocation and ministry, we may truly and devoutly serve you through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray for all nations and peoples of the earth and for those in authority among them. For the President of the United States and the Congress and Supreme Court, for all members and representatives of the United Nations, for the leaders of all nations, and for all who serve the common good that by God's help they may seek justice and truth and live in peace and concord. Almighty God, kindle, we pray, in every heart the true love of peace and guide with your wisdom those who take counsel for the nations of the earth that justice and peace may increase until the earth is filled with the knowledge of your love through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We also pray for those who suffer and who are afflicted in body or in mind. We pray for the hungry and the homeless, the destitute and oppressed, and for all who suffer persecution, doubt, and despair, for the sorrowful and bereaved, for prisoners and captives, and for those in mortal danger. That you will comfort and relieve them, O God, and grant them the knowledge of your love, and stir up in us the will and patience to minister to their needs. Hear us as we offer our prayers in silence. Gracious God, the comfort of all who sorrow, 
the strength of all who suffer. Hear the cry of those in misery and need. In their affliction, show them your mercy. And give us, we pray, the strength to serve them for the sake of him who suffered for us, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let us commit ourselves to God and pray for the grace of a holy life, that with all who have departed this life and have died in the peace of Christ and those whose faith is known to God alone, we may enter into the fullness of the joy of our Lord and receive the crown of life in the day of resurrection. Eternal God, of unchanging power and light, look with mercy on your whole church. Bring to completion your saving work so that the whole world may see the fallen lifted up, the old made new, and all things brought to perfection by him through whom all things were made, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And finally, let us pray for all those things for which our Lord would have us ask. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Behold now the cross, on which was hung the salvation of the whole world. As you gaze upon the cross, let us hear once again the reproaches of the cross. And when you hear the phrase, but you have prepared a cross for your Savior, respond by saying, Lord, have mercy. O my people, O my church, what have I done to you? Or in what have I offended you? Answer me. I led you forth from the land of Egypt and delivered you by the waters of baptism, but you have prepared a cross for your Savior. Lord, have mercy. I led you through the desert 40 years and fed you with manna. I brought you through tribulation and penitence and gave you my body, the bread of heaven. But you have prepared a cross for your Savior. Lord, have, have mercy. What more could I have done for you that I have not done? I planted you, my chosen and fairest vineyard, I made you the branches of my vine. But when I was thirsty, you gave me vinegar to drink and pierced with a spear the side of your Savior. And you have prepared a cross for your Savior. Lord, have mercy. I went before you in a pillar of cloud, and you have led me to the judgment hall of Pilate. I scourged your enemies and brought you to a land of freedom. But you have scourged, mocked, and beaten me. I gave you the water of salvation from the rock. But you have given me gall 
and left me to thirst. And you have prepared a cross for your Savior. Lord, Lord, have have mercy. I gave you a royal scepter and bestowed the keys to the kingdom. But you had given me a crown of thorns. I raised you on high with great power. But you have prepared a cross for your Savior. Lord, have mercy. My peace I gave, which the world cannot give and washed your feet as a sign of my love. But you draw the sword to strike in my name and seek high places in my kingdom. I offered you my body and blood, but you scatter and deny and abandon me. And you have prepared a cross for your Savior. Lord, Lord, have have mercy. I sent the Spirit of Truth to guide you, and you close your hearts to the Counselor. I pray that all may be one in the Father and in me, but you continue to quarrel and divide. I call you to go out and bring forth fruit, but you cast lots for my clothing, and you have prepared a cross for your Savior. Lord, have mercy. I grafted you into the tree of my chosen Israel, and you turned on them with persecution and mass murder. I made you joint heirs with them of my covenants, but you made them scapegoats for your own guilt, and you have prepared a cross for your Savior. Lord, Lord, have have mercy. I came to you as the least of your brothers and sisters. I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. And you have prepared a cross for your Savior. Lord, have mercy. Holy God, have mercy upon us as we behold the cross on which hung the salvation of the world. Amen.